If you'd like to spend some time with real people with a real heart for God, we welcome you to visit us at Harvest Church in Alexandria, Virginia. Our Sunday morning services are held at 1030, and our Family Night Fellowship takes place on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Come experience God's awesome, life-changing power as we worship in His presence, fellowship with one another, commit to discipleship, and share God's love through evangelism. For more information or directions, visit HarvestNova.com. That's HarvestNova.com. I was going to preach a regular sermon today, but I really felt the Lord leading me to go in another direction. I'm just going to share from my heart. What's happened over the last month and a half has really uh, changed us in a way. It's changed me. It's affected your pastor. I don't mind telling you. And so I'm just going to share from my heart today. Is that okay? We do have a few things to put up on the screen, but... I just want to share from my heart, and I've titled this message, such as it is, Things I Learned in the Storm. Things I Learned in the Storm. You know, storms are a part of life. Amen? And um, we don't desire them, we don't want them, but they come, uh, whether we're ready or not. And um, I've learned some things. We're, We're still walking through it. Uh, as, as you know, um, by the way, I want to, and I'm going to touch more on this in my message, I want to give thanks to, to Dave and uh, Chaplain Kirby who ministered, to Nick doing the worship, and others who've done so much while we were gone. What a, what a blessing it, it's been to have faithful, uh, faithful people who can carry on. And um, so I, I sincerely thank you all for uh, doing yeoman's work above and beyond the call of duty. So appreciated. Um, so I, I want to share some things I learned in this storm. Uh, now when I refer to things I learned in the storm, I'm referring to things that I may have known in a theoretical sense. How many know there's a difference between knowing something intellectually or theoretically and, and living it? Uh, I may have known it in a theoretical sense. I may have experienced some of these things in some way or even preached on them. But this storm, this past uh, several uh, weeks, uh, has helped me to understand some of these things more clearly than ever before. And I also want to say, before I begin, though the thoughts I am about to share flow out of our personal experience, and I'm going to be sharing a lot of our story, uh, I want to be perfectly clear. It's not about us. It's not about, oh, you know, what we've gone through and the focus on us. It's about the Lord and what he wants all of us to learn in the storms. It just so happens that I'll be sharing that out of this uh, personal experience. So um, I want you to understand that. Things I learned in the storm. And my prayer is that if, if, you know, they say you've either been through a storm, you're in a storm, you're about to go into one, Right? Anybody ever been through some storms in life? Yeah, Uh, I know you have. And uh, so, um, things I've learned in the storm. Number one, first thing I've learned, uh, and you're going to say, Pastor Tim, this is blatantly obvious. Well, it was really driven home to me uh, recently. The first thing is that our plans are always subject to change. No kidding, Pastor Tim. It says in James chapter 4, verses 13 through 15, Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. 
Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or do that. We, um, many of you know, we were uh, awaiting the arrival of our second grandchild, a little girl, uh, who, by the way, was, ended up being born uh, later than we thought, but uh, she's, uh, she's our precious little girl, little Grace, uh, came into the world, and she's a treasure. But uh, the first grandchild, Levi, came early, so we were trying to, you know, when you're long distance, it's a little tricky. So we, we booked our tickets a little bit before the due date, and then we got a call on uh, Sunday evening, the 2nd of July, it looks like signs are showing baby's going to come early, so we did what any, uh, you know, good grandparents would do. We changed our plane tickets and flew out of here, and I had, I had been prepping uh, Nick and Dave, you know, well, probably be gone one week in July. Sharon might be a little longer helping with the baby. I'll be gone one week, and not sure what. So called them, said it's going to be next week, we're going to be gone, and you know, so flew out there. And uh, meanwhile, little Grace didn't decide to appear yet. And uh, the following Saturday, the 8th, of the 8th of July, my wife woke up with a severely swollen, purple, infected left foot. And we took her to a care center in town, and uh, they said, you better take her to the emergency room. So we took her half hour away to uh, Edward Hospital, Naperville, Illinois. She was there in ER all day and uh, pumping her full of antibiotics. I said, we're going to have to keep you overnight. And then they said, you're going to need surgery. And so they brought a surgeon in from home 10 p.m. Saturday night. Uh, she had emergency surgery. Turns out she had what they call necrotizing fasciitis, commonly known as flesh-eating bacteria. Uh, very, very serious, life-threatening, and making its way up her leg. And, um, they did the surgery, and uh, I, she, she, not only could she have lost her life, but short of that, she could have lost her major part of her leg or her foot for sure. And I, I was scared she was going to lose her foot, but she didn't. They did the surgery. It was successful. It took a large chunk out of her foot, and uh, she was in the hospital for 10 days and got discharged, said be several weeks before you can even travel. Uh, so we were there at my daughter's house, and she's been getting antibiotics, still getting antibiotics, and, and going to wound clinic and other places to have things done. And uh, it, was, it was challenging. We were glad to be with family. Um, but uh, you know what they say about family and extended visits, company and extended visits? Have you heard that? Companies like Fish, it's great for a few days, but after that, it's, you know, it's not too pleasant. So anyway, but, but we all got along. Uh, but it was tough and calling, you know, back and forth here and, uh, hey, I'm going to be gone another week, few weeks and making arrangements. Yasir and Charlie on the sound booth and, uh, like I said, Nick and, uh, and, and Warren and Dave preaching and just a whole lot of things. Todd, our treasurer, doing a lot of things and... A lot of people coming up here doing so it was uh, you know pastoring from a distance so to speak uh, but the point is plans change and uh, none of us knows what a day will bring um, and so uh, 
we need to understand that while these things catch us by surprise, nothing catches Almighty God by surprise. Aren't you thankful for that? He knows the end from the beginning. He knows what is coming to you today, tomorrow, this week, this year, next year, for the next 10 years, the rest of your life. I'm so thankful we serve a God who's not surprised, who's not overwhelmed. We serve a God who doesn't panic. We panic, right? We, we become fearful. We, we, we become emotional. We become upset. He doesn't become any of those things because he's God. He's supernatural. He's perfect. He's sovereign. He's overall. And I'm so glad that I can call him my heavenly father. I'm so glad, aren't you, church, that we have a heavenly Father who knows what's coming and who, though we may be surprised and we may be scared and we may be fearful, God says, don't worry, my child, I have you in the palm of my hand. Hallelujah. Our plans are always subject to change. Now, that's not to say we shouldn't plan. What's the saying? To, to fail to plan is to plan to fail. You know, uh, we made plans, but... It always has the caveat, if God wills. If God wills. Now that gets into a whole other thing. Well, Pastor Tim, why does God allow these things to come into our lives? I can't answer that. I'm going to touch on a little bit further on in this message. Suffice to say that he's God and he's sovereign. And he always has our best interests at heart. Amen? So, make your plans. But pray over them. Seek God and always have the caveat, if God wills. Because plans are subject to change. There are things, you know, we love to have control, don't we? But a person is a fool who doesn't acknowledge that there are things over which they have no control. What a blessing to have a Heavenly Father who's in control. Amen? So our plans are always subject to change. That's the first thing I learned. Second thing I learned in the storm is that no matter how severe the trial, God's love and faithfulness are always evident. No matter how severe the trial, God's love and faithfulness are always evident. Uh, Isaiah 43, uh, verses 2 through 3 and verse 5 say this, When you pass, God is speaking, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. No matter how severe the trial, God's love and faithfulness are always evident. God is always at work on our behalf. God is always watching out for us. You know the saying, somebody says, I've got your back. Well, God always has your back, and the rest of you too, amen. Um, you know, getting my wife to the hospital when we did was critical, as you can imagine. And as I said, she could have lost her life or her leg or her foot, but she didn't. We, got, we, we happened to be in one of the great hospitals in the country, and the, the care they uh, showed for her was immense. The surgeon was a young surgeon, and um, you know, I even asked him, have, have, have you done many of these surgeries? <laughs> he smiled and said, I know I look young, I've done a lot of them, so we were in good hands. But uh, 
the, the doctors, nurses, the personnel at the wound, everybody, very professional, very compassionate, and um, she received excellent care. And uh, God's love and faithfulness and, 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 and bringing things along. And, 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 you know, sometimes we go through things and we don't understand. And, you know, God never promised that we would understand everything. I can't tell you to this day why this happened. As a matter of fact, it, it, was, it was a perfect storm. Uh, we, uh, we, we went there early, as I said, earlier than we needed to, unbeknownst to us. My wife hardly ever walks in bare feet. She's a type 1 diabetic. She happened to do so, stepped on a, a piece of glass and didn't feel it because that happens with diabetics, and that happened. And, uh, you know, I, I confess for a while I'm saying, God, why? Oh, this was a perfect storm. If any one of these things didn't happen, we wouldn't be in this. Why did this happen? And I don't have the answer, but I can tell you this. God has been faithful. He has been with us. And when you go through a storm, when you go through a trial, when you go through something you don't understand, uh, Francis, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? You just went through your own storm. And, and, and when you go through something you don't understand, I want you to know your God is with you. Say, Pastor Tim, well, I don't always feel him. Well, the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. And I'll add, not by feeling. Amen? Sometimes we feel God near, sometimes we don't. Doesn't matter. God is God. God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. God said in the scripture we read, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the fire, you won't be set ablaze. I will be with you. Hallelujah. Some of you may be going through a storm right now. Some of you here in the sanctuary. Some of you watching online. And you don't understand it. And you don't know why God allowed it. And you feel like you're all alone. And it feels like nobody understands. But I want you to know your God understands. He is with you. And he will bring you through to the other side. Job, whose name is, you know, emblematic of suffering said, when I've been tried, I will come forth as gold. Hallelujah. And so we need to understand that God is with us, God's love and faithfulness. How many can attest to that? How many can say you've been through trials and they've been tough and maybe you've shed some tears, but in the midst of that, you could see the hand of God at work. You could see God moving and working. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you today. You're not alone. And this storm will not last forever. God will bring you through it. Because he's faithful. And he loves you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so we could see God's love and his faithfulness bringing us through the storm. And God will bring you through your storm. What's the third thing I learned in this storm? This is not a sermonic masterpiece this morning, but I trust it will bless your heart. Third thing I learned is this. There's no support system like the family of God. There's no support system like the family of God. Listen to these scriptures from Philippians. Philippians, of all the epistles that the Apostle Paul wrote, Philippians was uh, probably the most personal uh, in its expression. In Philippians 1, 3 through 7, Paul said, I thank my God every time I remember you. For whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. In chapter 4, verse 10, he said, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. In chapter 4, verse 14, he said, It was good of you to share in my 
troubles. The care and concern expressed to us, my wife and myself, during this time by the body of Christ, and, and I'm talking about Harvest Church, but also from many believers outside of this church body, former members and others uh, we uh, are acquainted with. The care and concern was overwhelming in a good way. And uh, you all have blessed us even this morning. We were, we were blessed in a, in, a, in a very tangible way. And, you're, um, and I tried to express this in the email. Don't be put off if we don't answer every email and text and communication. But you have expressed your love for us and, and, and your prayers and your, your concern. And oh, it, I tell you, you, you lifted us up. I want you to know that. You say, oh, you know, a, 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 a prayer, a comment here, or a, a text or an email doesn't mean that much. It means the world. And I, and I want to encourage you, as you have, have uh, uh, blessed and supported us, do that for, for all. When, and, and, our, and I don't even hardly need to tell you that because our, our congregation is so uh, attuned to, the, to, to those who are in need and those who are going through a trial. But let me tell you, it means the world. And I can't express, for, for Sharon and me both, I can't express enough how much your love and concern and ex expressions and prayers and tangible blessings have meant to us. They mean the world. And, and listen, I, I, I know there are good uh, social organizations and, and the Red Cross and we hear about, you know, uh, Tunnel to Tower, uh, Tower to Tunnels and other worthy causes and for veterans and other people in need. And, and, uh, and listen, those are wonderful organizations. I say support them because you're helping people. And I, I mean no disparagement to any secular, um, you know, organization that, that helps people. But I still say there's no support system like the family of God. Because we have a bond. Amen? We are one in Christ. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, when one part of the body, the church body, when one part of the body hurts, another part hurts. You ever have a really bad toothache? I mean, your whole being is in misery, right? Because cause, cause the parts of the body are connected, and that's how the church bodies were connected. And so when one part of the body hurts, another part hurts. When one part rejoices, he said, the other part rejoices. Paul said also in Galatians, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Uh, so, so there's no support system like the family of God, like the, like the church, like the body of Christ. And uh, again, we can't thank you enough. And, 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 and I think that's the way it should be, amen? Not only caring for one another, but reaching out to those around us. The Bible says that Jesus said they will know uh, you are my uh, followers by your love. And it's so easy to get sidetracked by our petty little disagreements, isn't it? And our petty little differences. Listen, we're all different. We look different, we act different, we sound different, we think differently. And that's the way it is. And sometimes we have little, little, little skirmishes. Let's not that, let that detract 
from the bond that we have and the love that we have. And so there's, I've learned that there's no support system like the body of Christ. What's the fourth thing I've learned in the storm? It's this, it's that the load of ministry is meant to be shared. The load of ministry is meant to be shared. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13 and verse 16, Paul writes, he says, It was he, meaning Christ, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers uh, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Notice the underlined sections there that I have added. The load of ministry is meant to be shared. Um, as I mentioned, I, I, I missed being here five Sundays in a row. That has never happened before in 31 and a half years of pastoring this church. I, I believe there was one time I missed as many as three in a row. It was an extraordinary circumstance. Other than that, very rarely have I even missed two in a row. Rare occasions. But five weeks is, you know by far the longest I've been gone. And uh, I worked poor Dave Nichols to death. He, uh, <laughs> he did a great job, uh, you know. And uh, Dave, so appreciative of you, man. Again, I gotta tell you, he's, uh, D Dave's, man, for decades, he's just there, you know. I can call him at a moment's notice and he's there for me. And I, I boy, I love you, man. You're so appreciative. And uh, Warren, minister in the word, Nick, as I mentioned, doing the worship and, uh, you know, I, I got to admit, I wasn't totally prepared for this. And um, so many kept the ministries of our church going during my extended absence. Others just jumped right in and did what needed to be done. And this has gotten me to thinking that uh, I, I don't plan on missing, you know, five uh, Sundays in a row again. But as we said at the outset, plans can sometimes change. But it got me to thinking about the, the load of ministry. And um, we've, we've even recently, you've noticed there have been different people up here leading the mid portion of the service. We've been stretching folks a little bit and getting them up here to do it, doing a great job. And uh, all, all that is in recognition of the fact that the load of ministry is meant to be shared. And um, as, as the scripture we read, you know, sometimes we have the, the notion and it, it just just kind of evolves that, well, you know, the, the paid ministers, pastors, staff, whatever, they do the work of the ministry. But that's not what the scripture we read says, does it? It says they're called to prepare God's people for works of service. And the body grows as each part does its work. So my task, certainly I, I have my own calling and ministry as pastor, but part of that is to train the people of God to do the work of ministry. And so even before this, we've, um, you know, recognized that and sought to, uh, and it's been hard, you know, COVID, we, we, our numbers haven't returned to pre-COVID levels, so sometimes it's hard getting ministries manned, but 
um, even before this, we've, we've had that thought, and this has reinforced it, that the load of ministry is meant to be shared. And uh, so, you know, I'm not getting any younger. Uh, you know, not that any of us are. I'm not planning to go anywhere anytime soon. But uh, the Lord's been speaking to my heart, is what I'm trying to say, about, about uh, getting more people involved in ministry, spreading, spreading the load. And uh, uh, it, it's, it's meant to be shared. How many know being part of the body of Christ comes with certain responsibilities? Okay, I got a little response there. Okay. Uh, but it does for all of us. We're all called to be part of the body. So um, would you, and so many of you serve in so many capacities, we're so appreciative. I certainly don't want to imply otherwise. But if you're not involved in ministry, would you, would you prayerfully seek God and say, God, what can I do? Lord, I want to be involved. Lord, I want to play a part, whether it's a Sunday school class or some other ministry. Lord, I, I, want to, I want to play a part because the load of ministry is meant to be shared. You know, it's a cliche. It's a saying, many hands make light work, but it's, it's true in the kingdom of God as well. And so um, that's one thing I learned is that the load of ministry is meant to be shared. And I consider myself blessed to have had so many to, do, uh, to pitch in and do so much. The fifth and final thing, that I learned, and that's not to say, I shouldn't say final, because I'm sure I'll, I'll be learning, I'm, we're learning more each day, but that I, the final thing I want to share with you this morning, uh, number five, there is a purpose for everything God allows into our lives. There is a purpose for everything God allows into our lives. In James chapter one, verses two through four, it says, the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. In Romans 5.3, uh, Paul says, Suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And then in 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 and 10, I think we have that on the screen for you, hopefully. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me, for when I am weak, then I am strong. There is a purpose for everything God allows into our lives. Now, the challenge is that we can't always immediately, and sometimes even afterward, we can't always understand what the purpose is. How many know what I'm talking about? So we use the W word a lot. You know the W word? Why? Why? I, I, I'm, I'm dating myself, but that, what else is new? How many remember McHale's Navy? Remember that show? Remember Captain Binghamton? Why is it me? Why is it always me? We feel like that sometimes, don't we? And we don't always understand the purpose, but there is a purpose for everything God allows into our lives. While Sharon was in the hospital, she um, had a number of... Uh, uh, medical personnel, nurses, techs, uh, doctors coming in and out. And uh, my wife's never shy about sharing her faith. And um, of course, it got spread throughout the hospital. And I, I sound like I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. Oh, that lady in there, she's the pastor's wife who came to Illinois from Virginia to, to, to help with a new grandbaby. And then she got, uh, you know, a foot injury and she's had surgery. She's in that room. And people started coming in her room. One nurse came in her room and said, what kind of perfume are you wearing? 
my wife said, I'm not wearing any perfume. She said, there is a sweet smell when I come into your room. It was the presence of God. And Sharon was able to lead a nurse to Jesus Christ to receive Christ as her Savior in the midst of her suffering. And if my wife were here, she would tell you as difficult, as, as, as hard and tear-inducing as this has been and still is, she would say it's been worth it to lead that young lady to Jesus. She made a genuine profession of faith in Jesus Christ. There's a purpose in the things God allows into our lives. One of, the, one of the blessings of our trip, my other daughter, Stephanie, who lives in California, she, she flew in and was with us for uh, almost a, a full week and uh, got to help out with the grandson and baby, and it was great to, to have her there, have the whole family together. And we were, one evening, we were just sitting and talking, and Stephanie said to me, um, have you asked God what he wants to teach you in all this? And it, you know, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm the pastor. I should be saying things like that to her. This is my little girl. She's not little. She's, she's an adult. But she said, when I go through things like that, I ask the Lord, what are you trying to teach me? Wow. And I had to be honest. I said, no, I haven't really asked God that. I was too busy running around and saying, woe is me, you know. And I'm still, I, I'm sharing with you things I've learned. I, I, I still think God wants to teach me some more things. But God has a purpose in what he allows in our lives. And this is where trust comes in. Because we want to figure everything out, don't we? We want to understand the whys and the wherefores and, you know, and we want to analyze and we, and, you know, some of that's, I guess, has its place, but that will wear you out, especially over things that have already happened. But when we say, God, what can I learn from this? What, what can I, re how can I benefit from this awful experience, if that's what it is. How can I, and, and, and you'd, you'd be amazed at what you can learn. You'd be amazed at how you can, can grow. I mentioned Job earlier, and I love what it says at the end of the book of Job. Keep in mind, Job was wealthy. Job, Job had everything going on before his family was taken, his health was taken, before everything went south. He lost everything. But I love what it says in the last chapter of Job. You know what I'm going to say. The end of Job was better than the beginning. He was better on the back end of the trial. It's that's an incredible statement. As I said, he, his name is emblematic for intense suffering. And to say he was better off at the end of it because God was with him, that is a profound statement, but yet it's true. And that's true for you and me as well. God will bring you. I preach this, but now I'm living it. 
God will bring you and me through the trial and we will be better on the back end than we were beforehand because God has a purpose in everything he allows into our lives and we may not always understand it but that's as I said where trust comes in we trust and we say God you know what you're doing God I put my trust in you a long time ago God the issue was settled a long time ago that you're my God and I'm your child and I belong to you and I'm in your hands and so God I trust you and if I can trust trust you in the good times, if I can trust you in the prosperous times, if I can trust you when things are going well, God, I sure better trust you in the valley. I sure better trust you in the storm because you're the same God. We sing that song, same God. He's the same God in the valley as he is when we're on the mountaintop. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And he has a divine purpose for everything in our lives. I want to conclude this morning. Just by recapping what I've shared with you, things I've learned in the storm. First of all, our plans are always subject to change. We shouldn't be surprised when surprises come. I know that's an ironic statement, but we shouldn't be surprised when surprises come because that's life. Plans are subject to change. Secondly, no matter how severe the trial, God's love and faithfulness are always evident. He is with us in the midst of our storm. He is with us in the midst of our storm. Are you going through a storm today? God is with you. God is with you. He's in the boat with you. And he's watching over you. Thirdly, I learned in the storm there is no support system like the family of God. Amen. That's, that's you know, Bill Gaither years ago wrote an old song, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Church, you're family. We're family. And not only are you family, I have family spread all throughout the world. How about you? Because they name the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. No support system like the family of God. Fourthly, we said that the load of ministry is meant to be shared. Thank God for those who have shared our load and will continue to do so. And uh, let's, let's seek God that we all do our part and share the load together. Amen. Amen. And number five, we said there's a purpose for everything God allows into our lives. We don't always understand it. We can't always analyze it to our satisfaction. But we know that God is in control and he will bring us out better on the back end of our trial than we were before the trial.